Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Back at you sooner than expected. Why? Because things just seem to be like this song, just going on and on and on. So what has been happening? Well, let's talk about this past Saturday. Rivalry weekend. Jim Harbaugh and his Michigan Wolverines finally get the Ohio State Buckeye off their back with a resounding, dominating victory. Then, Bentlam in Stillwater. Oklahoma State defeats Oklahoma. However, that's not all, though. Oklahoma lost more than the game. Oklahoma also lost their coach. Do I need to say that again? Yes, they lost their coach. And if that isn't and if that isn't enough, there must be something in the water because you look at Lincoln Riley going from OU to USC, and we're going to get into that story. But then, what, at least another 24 hours later, the dominoes are still falling. Chip Kelly, who just a week ago said, unless there's an astronomical figure, no way is he leaving Notre Dame. His wife would have to see the check. I don't know what LSU presented, but his wife must have approved of that check. So now Notre Dame is looking for a coach. OU is looking for a coach while USC has found their coach and look like LSU is satisfied with Brian Kelly. And already Notre Dame is looking at the long loss on their record and the coach that defeated him, Luke Fickle. And I'm going to tell you about him, I don't think that's going to happen. Long story short, Urban Meyer was toying between Florida and Notre Dame. Notre Dame has strict policies to get in, something Urban Meyer didn't want to deal with. Brian Kelly, the only thing really missing on his resume because he is the all-time winningest coach 
in Notre Dame history. Only thing that's missing on his resume is a national championship. Which, if he goes to LSU, bringing the right recruits, without all the strings attached to get them into school, who's to say he can't win a national championship at LSU? So those are the reasons I say no go to Luke Fickle. He's basically has built his Cincinnati program. They're on their way to the Big 12. And I think he's a fixture there at Cincinnati. Is the Big 12 going to take a hit? Of course, when you lose a Texas and OU, you definitely will take a hit. But I believe you have some teams that can sustain the Oklahoma State's Baylor. Cincinnati coming in, if they can sustain. There's three teams right there with some national notoriety. I think Cincinnati's in an ideal spot as far as recruiting. You can recruit the area you've been recruiting. And also, the Big 12 is not void of Texas schools. You can recruit Texas and other points beyond. Matter of fact, you can dibble and dabble into Oklahoma's backyard. Because that's your recruiting base. And at the same time, maintain your recruiting base. That Ohio area. I say the Big Ten area. You get those players that the Big Ten schools overlook. So I think Luke Fickle stays at Cincinnati. However, what I want to do, I want to go ahead and get into this Lincoln Riley story because it's still hot as fire. That's right. So, a report from the Oklahoman. He says, I knew this was the right thing. Lincoln Riley departs for USC, bringing several OU assistants with him. I'm sorry, I have to reference this because he's not just taking one or two guys. He's taking several guys. And you you Bible scholars will know where I'm going with this one. His name was Lucifer. And he was cast down out of heaven like lightning. But the Bible declares that he took a third of the angels with him. What does that have to do with Lincoln Riley leaving for USC? Follow the story and you will see exactly where I'm going with this. The sun hadn't risen when OU defensive coordinator Alex Grinch pulled up to the private terminal at Will Rogers Airport around 5.30 a.m. Monday. His white SUV still had a front license plate with the interlocking OU logo. Grinch, wearing a white pullover and carrying a bag adorned with the Big Ten logo, declined comment as he walked in. Hmm, I'm still wondering about that. Interlocking OU logo on the front of your vehicle with Big Ten logo, but you're going to the Pac-12. I'm not going to lose no sleep over that. About 15 minutes later, a pair of SUVs with dark tent pulled into the terminal. Instead of unloading and walking through the terminal, the driver of the lead vehicle, now former Sooners coach Lincoln Riley, pulled up to a gate on the side of the terminal and waited several minutes before the gate opened and the vehicles drove onto the tarmac. Just after 6 a.m., another SUV pulled up carrying outside receivers coach Dennis Simmons, strength coach Benny Wiley, and Director of Operations, Clark Stroud. You get the picture now? Of the coaches and staff who arrived, only Simmons was wearing Sooners gear. By the time the sun rose over Oklahoma City, the group was gone, heading to Los Angeles, where Riley was introduced as USC's head coach Monday afternoon with a large group of assistants joining him. Lucifer took a third of the Angels. Looked like Riley took a third of the coaches. I wonder if there's any connection. It was tough to leave the place I was, Riley told reporters Monday afternoon at the Los Angeles Coliseum. At the same time, I knew this was the right thing. In the days before Saturday's Bedlam loss in Stillwater, rumors that LSU was targeting Riley became so pervasive that OU Athletic Director Joe Castiglione took notice. The rumors are what the rumors are, Castiglione said Monday afternoon. Then on Sunday morning, the latter part of Sunday morning, got a call from him that said he was considering 
and would speak to USC. Then he would go get back to us. We agreed to meet a couple of hours later, and President Joe Horowitz and Lincoln and I met, and that's when he told us that he had a visit and he was making the decision to take a unique opportunity. It wasn't long before Riley informed Castiglione and Horowitz that he was leaving. Longtime OU coach Bob Stoops will lead the Sooners in their upcoming bowl game, but who will coach with him? OU's online coaching roster was updated Monday afternoon with Grinch and Simmons removed. Bob Stoops listed as head coach and all of the other assistants remaining. That, as of now, leaves the Sooners with co-offensive coordinator and inside receivers coach Kale Gundy, defensive line coach Calvin Thibodeau, cornerbacks coach Roy Manning, inside linebackers coach Brian Odom, outside linebackers and defensive ends coach Jamar Kane, running backs coach DeMarco Murray, and tight ends H-backs coach Joe, Joe John Finley on the staff. Of their group, only Manning and Kane are not OU alums. Riley took the USC job Sunday after five seasons as the Sooners head coach. OU would be owed $4.5 million buyout per the terms of Riley's six-year extension he agreed to last year. The Sooners would be owed more buyout money for the assistants who break their contract with OU. Updated contract terms for the department assistants. Assistant coaches were not immediately available. Terms of Riley's contract with USC were also not available. Riley was 55-10 and 10 during his tenure, leading the Sooners to three college football playoff appearances and one bowl win, last season's Cotton Bowl victory over Florida. The Sooners are 10-2 this season and await their bowl destination after Sunday's 37-33 Bedlam loss in Stillwater. So how has Lincoln Riley's departure impacted Sooners recruiting? Well, the dominoes continue to fall in Norman. The departure of OU head coach Lincoln Riley and numerous members of his staff at USC has started to take a toll on the future of the Sooners football program. Here are updates on OU commits following the wave of coaching changes. A little bump in the road. What did Bob Stoops have to say after being named OU's interim coach? We'll get to that as well, too. But players who have decommitted. 2022 linebacker Kobe McKenzie. He joined the wave of recruits to decommit from OU on Sunday. McKenzie is a six foot three, 225-pound linebacker from Lubbock, Texas, who is a consensus top 100 prospect in the class of 2022. The four-star prospect held offers from Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, and other notable programs before committing to OU on January the 15th, 2020. McKenzie is now open to recruitment following the recent coaching changes in Norman. First of all, I would like to thank the University of Oklahoma for recruiting me and allowing me to pursue my dreams at the next level, McKenzie said via Twitter. With all the coaching changes and not being sure of who the next head coach is going to be, I am going to decommit from the University of Oklahoma. This doesn't change how I feel about OU and Norman. They are both amazing. I want to specifically say thanks to Coach Brian Odom for recruiting me and wanting to coach me. My recruitment is open. 2022 center Demetrius Hunter, OU's 2022 class, lost a key piece on Sunday with the decommitment of Hunter. The six foot two, 285-pound center is a consensus four-star prospect from Orange, Texas. 24-7 Sports ranks Hunter as the best player at his position in the country. Hunter chose OU over a dozen offers, which included Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, and Arizona State last March. After being recruited by Sooners offensive line coach Bill Bendenbaugh, who is expected to join Riley in the move to USC, Hunter has decried, has decided to weigh his options. With everything going on in Oklahoma, I have to consider my options and do what's what's in my best interest, Hunter said via Twitter. I love the University of Oklahoma, and I'm forever grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. 
With that being said, I have decided to decommit from the University of Oklahoma. Thank you, Sooner Nation. Hashtag God's plan. 2022 defensive lineman Derek Moore. He was the third OU class of 22 of 2022 to decommit on Monday. The six foot four, 250 pound defensive end from Baltimore, Maryland, is a consensus four star prospect and the nation's third best player at his position, according to ESPN. Moore chose OU over offers from Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in July. Well, I imagine there's a whole lot of people backing out from Notre Dame as well, too. First, I would like to say thank you to the University of Oklahoma and Norman for the love and support y'all have shown me during my recruiting process and making me feel at home, Moore said via Twitter. I would like to say thank you to Coach Jamar Kane and Will Johnson for recruiting me and wanting me to be a part of Sooner Nation. But with all that being said, I will be decommitting from the University of Oklahoma and open my recruitment to all schools. Who should top OU's football coaching search? Start with former Baylor coach Matt Rule. That's just a little side note. Back to more defections. 2023 quarterback Malachi Nelson. The biggest hit to OU's future came on Sunday with the decommitment of Nelson. The six foot three, 175 pound quarterback is a consensus five star prospect and the second best player at his position in the country. Nelson originally chose OU over USC, Notre Dame, LSU, Alabama, Florida State, and Ohio State on July the 18th, 2021. I want to start by thanking all the coaches and staff at OU for seeing enough in me and recruiting me to be a part of Sooner Nation, Nelson said via Twitter. One of the things that attracted me the most to OU, other than the rich history and amazing fans, was the stability in the coaching staff and their ability to develop the quarterback position. In light of the recent events and changes, my family and I believe it's best if I decommit from OU at this time. I want to thank all the Sooner fans for the relentless love and support they've shown. Nelson said he is not opening himself up to recruitment at this time, but it's worth noting that his hometown of Los Alamitos, Los Alamitos, California, is located 25 miles south of USC's campus. How ironic. I'm not opening up my recruitment, Nelson continued in his statement. I just want to see how everything transpires. 2023 wide receiver Brandon Ennis. OU lost another five-star prospect on Sunday with the decommitment of Ennis. The six-foot, 190-pound wide receiver is rated by 24-7 Sports as the top player at his position in the country for the class of 2023. Ennis chose OU over Alabama, Florida, Miami and Ohio State on March 6, 2020. After being recruited by OU outside receivers coach Dennis Simmons, who joined Riley in the move to USC, Ennis opened his recruitment once again. I'm grateful for all that God has blessed me with, Ennis said via Twitter. After a long talk with my family, I have decided to decommit from the University of Oklahoma and open my recruitment to all schools. 2023 running back Trayon Webb. He announced his decision to decommit from OU on Sunday. Webb is a six foot, 190 pound running back from Jacksonville, Florida, who originally committed to the Sooners on July 17, 2021. The four star prospect chose OU over Ohio State and Georgia at the time, but is now open to recruitment once again. First of all, I would like to thank the University of Oklahoma and the coaching staff for believing in me and welcoming me with open arms, Webb said in a tweet. It has been a wild recruiting process for me, to say the least. But at the end of the day, I have decided to do what's best for me. With that being said, due to the recent changes, my family and I have decided it is in my best interest to decommit from the University of Oklahoma. I'm open to all schools. 
that's a lot. And yet, there's still more to go because this is basically the top story. So, what I am going to do right now, I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I will have some more for you because there are more players that have decommitted. So I want to make sure I give this information to you. So this just may be all about OU and the mess they're in with all the decommitments, thanks to one Lincoln Riley. So stay tuned, A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I will be back after this word. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to my next segment. As we continue rolling down the track with the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, give you more from this OU fiasco, the fallout from the Lincoln-Riley jumping ship going to USC, leaving Oklahoma high and dry. Well, high, how dry, I don't know. But there's an old saying that goes like this. What you do doesn't just affect you, but it affects those who, in this case, had the possibility of being around you. I think you know where I'm going with that. Yes. In my first segment, I was naming off some of the decommitments. Well, it doesn't end there. So, let's just go ahead and give you some more of these names that have decommitted where they could possibly land up question is how many of them are actually going with Lincoln Riley to USC which gives that recruiting class a big jolt a big boost imagine that then again who knows some might not go with them it just all depends some say God's plan who am I to argue with them Anyway, more players who have confirmed their commitment. Actually, this will be players who have confirmed their commitment. 2022 tight end, Caden Helms. Amid the wave of coaching changes and decommitments in Norman, Helms asserted his allegiance to OU via Twitter. On Monday, Helms a, is a six foot five, two hundred twenty pound tight end from Bellevue, Nebraska, who committed to the Sooners on January twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Helms is a three star recruit who chose OU over Miami, Arizona State, and North Carolina. Helms cited OU tight end halfback coach Joe John Finley as someone who influenced his decision not to decommit. Trusting whatever God's plan may be for me through the thick of the storm, Helms said in a tweet that included a photo of him in an OU jersey praying. Joe John Finley can be part of it, though. 2022 offensive tackle Jacob Sexton. Sexton confirmed his commitment to OU on Monday via Twitter. He is a six foot five, 290 pound offensive tackle 
from Deer Creek High School, and he's a consensus four-star prospect. Sexton chose the Sooners over Texas, Alabama, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma State in July. I know that this 22 class and the current players are capable of big things for the Sooners leading into the SEC, Sexton said via Twitter. There's just something special amongst this group, and I believe it's time us recruits get active on Twitter. What do y'all think, Sooner Nation? Hashtag, put out the fire. Well, you got that right. It is a firestorm. 2023 running back, DeAndre Moore Jr. Despite being a teammate of Nelson at Los Alamitos High School, Moore Jr. confirmed his commitment to OU on Sunday. Moore is a 5'11", 190-pound wide receiver who is a consensus four-star prospect. He chose the Sooners over USC, Alabama, Florida State, and Oregon in September. Moore cited OU running backs coach DeMarco Murray as someone who influenced his decision not to decommit. I'm still with DeMarco Murray and hashtag Sooner Nation, Moore said in a tweet that included a photo of him in an OU jersey. Hashtag Boomer Sooner. So there you have the fallout, so to speak, of what has transpired in Norman with the departure of one Lincoln Raleigh, who is USC bound. That's right. Lincoln Raleigh going to USC. So now, what else can we Pull up. Yes, we are going to pull up Brian Kelly. So, as you know, as we were sifting through the rubbish of the Lincoln Raleigh situation, him leaving, going to USC, before we could get good and comfortable, news comes out. Brian Kelly is going to LSU. Yes. Get used to that. Brian Kelly, LSU. Kelly, currently in his 12th season at Notre Dame, has his team fighting for spot in the college football playoffs with number two Ohio State's loss to Michigan on Saturday. Notre Dame is likely to be just outside top four whenever the CFP committee releases its latest rankings this week. The past five seasons have seen Kelly rack up 54 wins and appearances in the college football playoff two of the last three seasons. Kelly has been the longtime Notre Dame coach and has been with the school since 2009. With the win over Wisconsin on September 25th, Kelly passed Newt Rockney to claim sole possession of first all-time in program history in career wins at Notre Dame. Before his residency at Notre Dame, Kelly worked as the head coach at Grand Valley State University, Central Michigan University, and the University of Cincinnati. The 60-year-old from Massachusetts had the most success during Notre Dame's 2012 season, going into the national championship with 12 wins, no losses. The Fighting Irish were blown out by Clemson, by the by the Crimson Tide, losing 42 to 15. And Kelly has not taken a team to the national championship since. He has an overall record of two 
283 and 97 and 2 in his 31 seasons as a head coach. Notre Dame's Tuesday news conference regarding Kelly's decision to move to LSU. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick said, Kelly did not discuss with me the conversations he had with other universities. There was not nothing identified at any time that we could not accommodate. He continued, Brian did not come to Notre Dame executives with some opportunity to match LSU's offer. Kelly reportedly resigned from the university Monday evening, and Swarbeck said he was not surprised. Fans are invited to welcome Coach Kelly and his family when their flight arrives at the BTR Jet Center at approximately 2.30 p.m. Tuesday, which I'm pretty sure that has already happened. So, Lincoln, gone. Brian Kelly, gone. Now, what's interesting about this Brian Kelly situation, because as I was listening to sports talk radio yesterday evening, while I'm working, driving around, a coach, one of his assistants, And now I have to give Lincoln Riley a little bit more credit than I give Brian Kelly. I mean, at least Lincoln Riley had a conversation with the top brass. Granted, there wasn't much time for them to do anything, but at least they were able to pull in Bob Stoops. I mean, they gave him that much time. But Brian Kelly left some people out to hang. Namely, one of his assistants who said he was at a recruit's house. And before he could even walk out the door, the recruit had informed him, hey, uh, Brian Kelly is no longer the coach in Notre Dame. He's at LSU. Basically, the coach said that Brian Kelly made him feel like a bleeping a-hole. I think if I'm that coach and I'm on that recruiting trip and you didn't tell me anything, I don't think there's anything moving forward that you can tell me. As a matter of fact, whoever the next coaching staff is, I hope I'm on that coaching staff and we're looking right across the field from you when we beat the holy living hell out of you. Maybe this assistant coach gets a job with a school in the SEC. Who knows? But yes, It has been a crazy sports weekend last 24, 48 hours. I mean, like I say, Michigan dominates Ohio State. The college football playoff committee is scratching their heads. I'm pretty sure they're trying to figure out who we're going to put where. Uh, You know Georgia's going to be number one, most likely Alabama number two, because Ohio State has fallen out of the top four. I haven't even seen a list. The list don't comes out, what, to later this evening, tomorrow sometime, whatever the case may be. However, we know Ohio State will not be going to the college football playoff final four playoffs. That's basically what it is, the final four. My only hope is Cincinnati is still in there. Providing that they go ahead and win their conference championship. I think regardless of what their schedule was, that has to be rewarded. Otherwise, why go through a whole season and why play a conference championship game where you're not going to be rewarded? Yes, I know they're not in a Power 5 conference, but trust me, the brass at Notre Dame right now got their eye on one guy by the name of Luke Fickle. Why is that name so important to Notre Dame people? Why is that name so important to Notre Dame brass? He is the one that put that long loss on Notre Dame's season. Think about this. It would basically be the same trail that Notre Dame went down before. Where did Brian Kelly come from before he took the Notre Dame job? Bingo. Ah, 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 ah. 
Let me try that again. Where did Notre Dame go to before when they picked up Brian Kelly? Ding, ding, ding. You guessed it, Cincinnati. Now, what was it that appealed, that was so appealing to them to get Brian Kelly at the time from Cincinnati? I don't know. But at best now, when you look back on the game between Cincinnati and Notre Dame, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But that was Luke Fickle's audition. If they offered him the job, you could say that he passed that test with flying colors. My question is, does he go or does he stay put and ride the wave into the Big 12? Now, this is just me personally. And if I'm Luke Fickle, I'm doing my due diligence on why other coaches haven't taken the Notre Dame job besides Brian Kelly. One, you're in outside the teams in the Pac-12. Let's look at how tough it is to get in certain schools. Stanford, they want to know your GPA before they know what your time is in the 40. Northwestern, likewise. So those two schools within themselves, they are not knocking down the doors of five-star recruits because five-star recruits just are not going there. They're going to go where they're most likely to be able to get into school. Alabama, Florida. Yes, I may as well say Ohio State. Why? Because even Urban Meyer admitted it came down to Florida and Notre Dame. Why do you think he chose Florida? It's easier to get those five-star recruits into school out of Florida than it is a Notre Dame. So, Luke Fickle, my question would be, do you take the Notre Dame job if they offer it to you, knowing what's ahead of you? Or do you stay put in Cincinnati, take your team into the Big 12, sustain what you have created, and be a threat to the teams that are left behind in the Big 12 that can actually help keep the Big 12 afloat? Yes, you do not replace Oklahoma and you do not replace a Texas. Of course, I say Texas very lightly. Texas hasn't been too relevant. Texas loses to Kansas. Albeit Kansas has been playing a better brand of football. Yes, I will say that again. I could see the difference in this year's team versus the last two or three teams that Les Miles has put on the field. Les Miles is supposed to be a household name. Les Miles is supposed to be this. Les Miles is supposed to be that. Les Miles was exactly what his name was during his tenure at KU. He was less than advertised. If I'm Brian Kelly, I tell Notre Dame, thanks for the offer, but no thanks. Me personally, I would not want to deal with that headache. Of course, I never coached a day in my life. All I do is get data and look at what others, listening to what others say, and I believe them. Notre Dame, one of those private schools. Yes, you will get your share of top-notch athletes. You definitely get a good hotbed of three-star athletes and can probably mold them into five-star athletes. But you're not going to get the five-star caliber type athletes that, let me just go ahead and say it now, a USC, Alabama, Georgia, LSU will get because of the restrictions that are placed on that school. Then on top of that, you have to fight against name, image, and likeness. Granted, the one thing going for Notre Dame is Notre Dame is a brand that can recruit its own self. So you don't have to do too much pitching. But I'm pretty sure Notre Dame is just like your Stanford's, just like your Northwestern's. They want to know your GPA before they know your time in the 40 and your vertical leap. If I'm Luke Fickle, I'm looking at ways to sustain what I have at Cincinnati, knowing that I'm in a good area for recruitment. Not only am I surrounded by Big Ten Tory, I can get the leftovers, but now I'm going into Big 12 country. I can recruit Oklahoma. I can recruit Texas. West Virginia is not too far off. 
I think Cincinnati is the most in the most ideal situation that you could possibly be in. Not to mention, you got Houston coming in, you got UCF, so you're gonna have a good mix of Florida as well. If I'm Luke Fickle, I'm staying in Cincinnati. That's just me. Notre Dame will be fine. Cincinnati cannot afford to lose a Luke Fickle. And when you're coming to a Power Five conference, I believe that's just a little bit more revenue generated going into your school. So I think Luke is in the most ideal place by staying put at Cincinnati. Well, so much for that. I'm going to come back with some HBCU news because uh, Deion Sanders has something to say. And Deion is beginning to be more like E.F. Hutton. When Deion talks, you're almost guaranteed to listen. So it is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Trust me on this. I will be back with some more. This train is just now building up a head of steam. So, stay tuned. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, the train. Anthony Smith will be back in a minute. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Yes, welcome back to what will be my closing segment. And it has been a very eventful one. Had to talk about two of the hottest topics. Lincoln Riley. Brian Kelly. But if there's one who does not want to be outdone, it has to be that of Deion Sanders. And the question is, was Shadur Sanders snub on the all-swack team? Dion responds. So Dion Sanders was named SWAC Coach of the Year on Monday. His son, freshman quarterback Shadur Sanders, was named SWAC Freshman of the Year. But there can only be one first-team quarterback, and the SWAC chose Alabama A&M's Akil Glass for the spot in the conference's Player of the Year award. Jackson State, which is second in the SWAC in points per game at 29.2, didn't have any first-team all-conference selections on offense. And Sanders made sure to let reporters know he has an issue with that. 
He said, we don't have not one offensive player. Now, how is that possible, Sanders asked. And with what this young man accomplished, forget that he's my son, what he accomplished in the SWAC this year as a freshman, don't punish him because he's a freshman. Give him what he should have coming. And I just thought he should have been the quarterback. Glass led the SWAC in passing yards, 3,658, and touchdowns, 36, and had seven interceptions. Sanders led the SWAC in completion percentage, 68.7, and efficiency rating, 160.7. Sanders threw for 2,971 yards and 28 touchdowns against five interceptions. Jackson State beat Alabama A&M 61-15 when they went head-to-head October the 9th. That win was on the road during Alabama A&M's homecoming. Jackson State left a pink scooter at midfield for A&M coach Connell Maynard, who had ribbed Sanders for his foot injury entering the game. I don't want to hear freshman of the year. That's automatic. We knew that, Sanders said, but he should have been first team all swag. And I'm not dismissing Mr. Glass because I think that I think that guy is a pro, and I hope he goes pro because that's just what I want for him, and I think he can do it. But Shadur balled every last one of y'all know what he brings as a freshman. Jackson State had four first-team all-swack selections in defensive end James Houston, linebacker Aubrey Miller, defensive lineman Antoine Owens and return specialist Isaiah Bolden. Shadur Sanders, defensive back Shiloh Sanders, offensive lineman Tony Gray, receiver Keith Corbin III, and linebacker Keontae Hampton were picked for the second team. Not one offensive guy, not even one of our receivers. Wow, Sanders said. That's unbelievable. We've got to stop that foolishness and call it for what it is, man. Ain't nobody care about the second team. Nobody even goes that far. We don't even know who lost the Super Bowl last year. Correction, Kansas City lost the Super Bowl last year. We know about Tom Brady, but we don't know who lost. So I don't care about no second team. I don't even read that far. So Sanders is a little bit bothered under the collar because of the selection of first team and second team. So, let me pose this question out there for you. I'm verbalizing it, but you know what? I'm going to make it part of my poll question. I think I may have several poll questions, but this is going to be one of them. If you follow a little bit of HBCU football, if you follow the SWAC or the MEAC, but this is dealing with the SWAC right now, who do you think? Should have got first-team quarterback, second-team quarterback. Shadur Sanders or Akil Glass? The stats are right there before you. You be the judge. I think there's a possibility that they got it right. I don't think he got punished because he was a freshman. I just think that Akil had better stats, better performance, maybe. Now, maybe Jackson State is the better team. But, maybe, just maybe, they got this right. Well, I hope you enjoy this podcast today. I've enjoyed doing it. Uh, like I said, there will be a poll question. So feel free to answer the question. But for now, it's time. It's time to bring this train to a halt. Yep, that's right. We're pulling into the station.
So I hope you have enjoyed once again. As we get ready to pull in. Once again, there will be a poll question. Already have given it to you in the verbal sense, but it will be on the link. Keeping in mind that once again, that I'm on the Anchor platform. However, Anchor is powered by Spotify. So I will leave you the Spotify link. That way you can click on the link and answer the poll question. Who do you take? Shadura Sanders or Akil Glass? And there will be another question on there too. Let me just go ahead and give it to you right now. Which team benefited from their which team benefit the most from their new coach? USC or LSU? In other words, which team do you think will win a national championship first? Will it be USC or will it be LSU? Well, it's the A train, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, pulling in. Have a blessed evening. Enjoy the rest of your week.